open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, the book of 1 Thessalonians, that's towards the back of your Bible, <clears throat> chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1. We're going to read this chapter, I want you to follow along with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as we know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And let's pray. Lord, once again, we're so very thankful for your word. We do ask for your blessings on it. You said your word would not return unto you void, but would accomplish that which you send it unto. And Lord, we're counting today that you would, you would cause your word to do a work in hearts and lives here. We again pray if there's any here without Christ that they'll be saved today. And then we pray for believers that they'll have open and receptive hearts. And, and Lord, have a desire to hear from you and, and would be cooperative with the Holy Spirit. So have your way in our time together today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled this, Being a Model Christian. Being a Model Christian. You know, our text for today is taken from the Apostle Paul's first letter to the believers in the city of Thessalonica. Thessalonica was a city of about 200,000 people. Its population was made up primarily of Romans, Greeks, and with a minority population of Jews. Paul had visited Thessalonica on his second missionary journey, and he had established a church there while he was in that city. And he had many Jews and Gentiles saved through the preaching of Christ while he was there. However, opposition from the unbelieving Jews caused him to have to flee the city. Later, having received glowing reports concerning the church and the believers in Thessalonica, Paul writes his first letter to them, and this letter is a very positive letter, a very upbeat one, one of commendation to the believers there 
and the church there. No doubt you've heard someone say at one time or another, if you ever find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Since local churches are made up of human beings saved by God's grace, no church is perfect. But some churches are closer to the New Testament ideal than others are. The church there in Thessalonica was just such a church. We might call it a model church. And since the church is made up of Christians, the believers there would be considered to be model Christians. Today, I believe it ought to be the desire of every believer to be a model Christian. Now, we know none of us will ever be perfect or flawless Christians this side of heaven. But the fact is we can strive to be the right kind, the proper kind, the kind of Christians the Bible calls on us to be. Each of us can be a model Christian, but it doesn't come easy. It takes effort and it takes work. Thus, we must all strive to be model Christians. And today, we're going to see from our text what made these Thessalonian believers model Christians and how we can follow their example. Being a model Christian, we need to strive to be model Christians, first of all, by being converted to Christ. In our text for today, it tells us in, uh, in verse 10, I'm sorry, uh, verse 9, the latter part, it says, how ye turn to God from idols and serve the living and true God. The Bible says that they turned. And you know, when you say uh, somebody turned, it shows a change of direction. These people had turned to God from their idols. They were idol worshipers. They were Gentiles. And, uh, and they had turned from that to God. They repented and turned from unbelief to belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I want you to realize is they did not add God to their idols, but they abandoned their idols, and they came to Christ. They left their religion to come to a relationship. You know, so many people today are trusting religion to get them to heaven, and we, we try to share with them. It's not in religion, it's in relationship. These people had religion worshiping idols, but it wasn't going to get them anywhere. And they turned from those idols to Christ, got in a relationship, and were wonderfully saved. So the first thing is the Thessalonians had received Christ as their Savior. And secondly, to be a model Christian, one must first be a true Christian. You know, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians who really aren't Christians. But the fact is, to be a true Christian, there has to be a turning in a person's life. There has to be a change of direction for a person's life. I put in my notes, there has to be a 180-degree turn. I'm talking about the person is this, uh, going in this direction, 180 degrees for the devil, going headlong, and they come to Christ, and they turn around, and they go the opposite direction. There needs to be that in a believer's life, a change of direction, a turning from unbelief to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There needs to be a new birth. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, Ye must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You need to, need to become a new creature. Uh, someone said a new creation in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all thing, old things are passed away. All things have become new. 
You see, there must be a new direction in the person's life if they're truly a born-again Christian. Turning from sin to wor and worldliness to the things of God. Go over to Ephesians for just a second there. Hold your place and just go to Ephesians. Just back a few pages. Chapter 2. And we see an example of this in Ephesians chapter 2. Beginning with verse 1 in Ephesians 2, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul there is rehearsing how those people were once going in the wrong direction. And they came to that place of decision. They came to Christ and it changed their whole life. It changed their whole direction. As I said earlier, uh, uh, many who claim to be Christians really are not Christians. These may have had some kind of a religious experience. Maybe they went forward in a church service. Maybe they even prayed a prayer, but they've never really turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never really come to that place when they, when they turned 180 degrees from the direction they were going to the direction of Jesus Christ. Each of us must be a model Christian. Number one, by being converted to Christ. And then number two, by receiving God's word with joy. These Thessalonians received the word of God with joy, the Bible tells us. In verse 6 it says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Receiving the word with joy. Oh my goodness. Thank God for the Bible we have. Thank God that God has given us his revelation. But do we receive it with joy? That's the question. They heard God's word and they, they, they received it with joy. They accepted it as God's word. They recognized the authority of this book. The authority comes from Almighty God. You know, I'm so dismayed about so many Christians today abandoning the good old word of God for some perversion of the word of God. Listen, I want the whole thing. I want it complete. I want it perfect, just like God gave it to me. The Thessalonians received God's word, it says, with joy. They, they hungered for the word of God. They had a spiritual appetite. You know, one of the evidences of a truly born-again person is a spiritual appetite. Just like one of the evidences when a child is born that it's alive and well is a good appetite. And by the way, those babies let you know when they're hungry. Amen? And that's often. Well, that's how it ought to be for a Christian. We ought to hunger for the Word of God. We ought to desire it and have that spiritual appetite. The model believer receives God's Word with joy, just like those Thessalonians did. The model believer will recognize God's Word as authoritative. This book is the final authority for our life. And the model Christian is going to see it that way. Doesn't matter what society says, doesn't matter what culture says, doesn't matter what the government says.
doesn't matter what anyone says. What matters is what does God say? And it becomes our authority, final authority. It is a guide for the Christian life, and it is a guide that is to be obeyed and obeyed joyfully. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Listen, it shouldn't grieve us to keep the, the, the commandments of the word of God and to follow the word of God. It should bring joy to us that we have that opportunity. <coughs> and the, the, uh, we, we, need, we need to re, be receiving God's word with joy. And then we need to hunger for the word of God just like these people in Thessalonica did. Psalm 119, verse 15 and 16 says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect, respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. For the model believer, the Bible, is his most valued possession. Listen, if you were stranded on an island somewhere and you could only take one item, what would you take? Hmm. Would you take your Bible? Well, that's food for thought, isn't it? In Psalm 119, 103, it says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Is that the way you feel about the Word of God? Is it something precious to you? Is it something you have a hunger for? Is it something that you find joy in participating in and partaking of? Well, it should be. For the model Christian, it would be. So we need to strive to be model Christians, number one, by being converted to Christ, and number two, by receiving God's word with joy. And number three, by being devoted to serving the Lord. Look at the latter part of verse 9. He says, how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, these people, the Thessalonians turned to serving God. They demonstrated their salvation by what they did. They got busy for the Lord doing what God wanted those believers to do. They turned from serving idols. Now they're serving God. The model believer is going to be one who serves the Lord. That means doing God's work and God's will now is going to be a priority in the model believer's life. His activities are going to demonstrate his salvation. His faith is going to be more than just talk. It's going to be actions. I, t I say it so often, talk, talk is cheap. Hmm? James said it. He said, show me thy works. Well, I'll get that backwards for sure. But James said, faith without works is dead. And the way we show our faith is through our works. We don't get saved by works, but we work because we're saved. Amen. Too many believers are spectator Christians. These are truly saved folks. But it seems like they just have no desire to serve the Lord. They're content to just come and sit and soak up and go like sponges. But listen, we're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to come and soak up and then go and give out. Hmm? I put a little note in my notes. People serve who and what they love. Hmm? You can tell a lot about a person's life and what their priorities are by how they use their time. Hmm? 
What do they give time to? They're going to give time to what's important to them and what they love. So let me ask you this question. How much time do you give to serving the Lord? Hmm? Oh, you're in church, and I'm glad you came to church. That's a wonderful thing. But how much time do you really give to serving the Lord? These people turn from serving their idols to serving the Lord. You know, it reminds me over in Romans 6. Paul, Paul says this, and I'll paraphrase it. He said, once you're saved, you ought to serve the Lord with the same zeal you used to serve the devil with. You ought to want to be as busy for God as you used to be busy for the, the dollar and the notoriety and whatever you was working for. But how many believers are that way? No, they come to Christ. They want to come in the church house and sit down and just enjoy. Well, I'm all for enjoying, but there's a work to be done. And he has created us in Ephesians 2.10 unto good works that we should walk in them. Too many believers, spectator Christians. So each of us must strive to be a model Christian. Number four, by setting a pro proper example for others. We read here in verse 9, For they themselves show of us what manner of ending in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living God. I'm sorry, I should have been in verse 7 so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. They were in samples. They, they set a good example for other believers. They were faithful to serve the Lord. In verse 9, we saw that. They turned from their idols to serve the Lord. They were faithful witnesses for the Lord. Look at verse 8. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that you need not speak anything. They sounded out the word. They were faithful witnesses. They spread the gospel message. And a model believer is going to live so as to set a proper example. And a proper example, number one, in spiritual things. A model believer is going to have a spiritual life, if you want to phrase it that way. I'm talking about we'll be reading the Bible and studying the Bible and have a prayer time and a devotional time daily and have, be faithful to church attendance and, and faithful to soul winning and faithful to do what God wants them to do. The model Christian is going to set that kind of an example in a spiritual sense, but then I also think that the, the model believer is going to set the right, right kind of example in lifestyle. See, a model Christian is going to avoid improper things. Hmm. Let's face it. If you read this Bible and you really believe it and understand it, there are some things that are improper for us as believers. There's a lot of things we should not be doing. Hmm? And let me say very quickly, I understand that doing these things isn't going to send you to hell. If you're saved, you're saved forever, and nothing's ever going to change that. But if we're going to set a right example, there are some things we need to abstain from uh, in order to set that right example. Hmm. In our lifestyle. I'm talking about living a, what we call, separated life. Well, what's a separated life, preacher? Well, it's a life where you avoid worldly and ungodly activities. It's a life where you just say, doing such and such would be against what the Lord wants for me. 
Going over here is somewhere the Lord wouldn't want me to go. Partaking of this is something God wouldn't want me to partake of. Joining up with this is something God wouldn't want me to join up with. We just separate ourselves from the worldly and the wicked things of the world. Listen, the right kind of Christian is going to set a right example for other people in their lifestyle, living this separated lives. I made another one of those little notes I make to myself. Our lives ought to broadcast that we're believers. I'm not, listen, years ago, some of the evangelicals started pushing this thing of you don't have to be confrontational in your soul winning. You just need to have a lifestyle uh, witness. What they were saying was you didn't have to go knock on doors and try to tell people or hand them tracts or anything of that nature. Just live a good godly life in front of people and that will draw them. Yes, that's true. We should live a good godly life in front of people uh, in an effort to draw them. But that's not, that's not all we're supposed to do. Hmm? There's more to it than that. I'm for lifestyle Christianity, but not solely lifestyle Christianity. We still need to be confrontational in our evangelism. And Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But our lives should broadcast that we're believers. When people watch our lives, they ought to see something different. Have you ever had somebody walk up to you and say, you're not like other people? How many of you ever had that experience? You're different. Listen, that's the way it ought to be. Not in an offensive way, but our lives ought to show forth there's something different about us and how we talk and how we live and what we do and what we don't do. That without ever saying a word, people say, there's something different about you. A model Christian is going to have that kind of testimony. Let me ask you this question. Would you want other believers to follow your example right now? The example that you've been setting? Do you think that would be good for other people to follow your example as a Christian? Well, if not, then you need to change some things. Too many Christians fail to set a proper example. They fail in their Christian, in their spiritual things and, and in their lifestyle. These are people who are lukewarm spiritually. Oh, they'll come to church and they'll carry their Bible and they may even pray once in a while, put a little money in the offering plate, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian. But they're lukewarm and they're not setting the right kind of example. God says over in Revelation 3 about the lukewarm church, he said, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And what that means is it makes God sick when we get lukewarm. Hmm. And then in lifestyle. Too many believers are living lifestyles that are more like the world than they are like Christians. You know, we're not supposed to be like the world. We're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're to come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing. As I said, we should be different and people should recognize it. Each of us must strive to be a model Christian. Number five, by being a faithful witness for the Lord. The Thessalonians were faithful witnesses. He tells us right, right there that they sounded out the gospel. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Not only in Macedonia, by the way, that's their locality. 
and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. They spread the word at every opportunity, wherever they could, whenever they could. And you know, I believe if we're going to be model believers, we need to be busy spreading the word. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, first of all, we need to preach the gospel. Well, I'm not a preacher. Uh, every one of us is called to be a preacher. Now, don't get the wrong idea. Not all of us are called to be pastors. But we're all called on to be preachers. Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature. And that command is all of, to all of us. In Acts 1.8, he said, that after, this, uh, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're to be his, his spokesman. We're to be the witnesses to carry the gospel. These people did that. They did it by their word of mouth. They told other people. They, told, uh, they did it by their lifestyle. You know, over in Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're back to that lifestyle thing. I was thinking about this, and here's a question for you. Is your lifestyle one that will draw people to Christ or keep people from Christ? Hmm. I'm going to run that by you again. Is your lifestyle a lifestyle that will bring people to Christ or keep people from Christ? How many times have we heard we try to witness to somebody and they don't want to hear anything we have to say because they know somebody who professes to be a Christian and they live like the devil. Right there, that person who's living like the devil is keeping people from coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. How about, how about this question? If you were put on trial for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Hmm? We're supposed to be model Christians. We need to strive to be model Christians. <laughs> Lastly, by anticipating Christ's return. Look at verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from wrath to come. These Thessalonian believers were anticipating Christ's return. They were waiting for Jesus and to wait for his son from heaven. Now, that tells me a couple of things. Number one, they believed he would come again. Well, we got about three amens. I said they believed he would come again. Do you believe he's coming again? He said he is. He said he's coming back. By the way, we're waiting for him to come in the rapture. That means he's going to come and take us out of this old world, and then the seven years tribulation period is going to start here, and we won't have to go through any of it. That's a, that's a real blessing, because it's going to be hell on earth here during that seven years tribulation. These people were waiting for him. You know, it's been 2,000 years, but they were waiting just like we're waiting today. You know, over in Peter, it says, uh, and I'll paraphrase it, some men are scoffing at the idea he's coming back because he hadn't come back yet. Well, he didn't say when he's coming back. No man knows the hour of the day. 
We don't know when he's coming for us. All we know is he's coming. These people believed it. They believed he'd come again, and they believed he could come at any time. He could come soon. And, and again, yeah, they were waiting. Paul was waiting. People down through the ages had been waiting for Jesus to come. He hadn't come yet, but that don't mean he's not coming. He has a time, and when the time is right, that very instant, He's going to come in the clouds and call us up to be with him. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're gone. We're out of here. They believed that. They were waiting for him. And you know, model believers must be living in anticipation of Christ's coming. Number one, we need to believe that he is coming again. Now you say you do, but do you live that way? See, not only believe that he's coming again, we need to believe that he's coming again and he's coming soon. You know, if you read your Bible and you see all the things that it talks about that would come in the end times, it just seems like we're reading today's newspaper. It really does. Go over to 2 Timothy there, just a couple pages over. And chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Here's what Paul uh, wrote to us about those, the end times, the last days. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Boy, doesn't that sound like this morning's newspaper? Doesn't that sound like the days we're living in? And Paul says in, the, in those latter days, in the end times, that's how it's going to be. And so we look around and we see the signs. We need to understand he could be coming soon. We need to believe he's coming. We need to believe he's coming soon. No man knows the hour or the day. And that brings us to this. Because we believe he's coming, because he's coming soon, we better be ready for his coming. Are you ready for him today? We need to be waiting just like they were waiting, and that means to be ready for his coming for us. We need to be anxious for the rapture. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Many believers are going to be caught unprepared for the rapture. What do you mean unprepared? They'll go, but they'll be found doing things they ought not to be doing, or they may be found in places where they ought not to be found. Hmm? Listen, wherever you go, you, you, ought to, you ought to be willing to meet Jesus wherever you go. Hmm? You, should, you should not go anywhere where you have to feel like, boy, I hope the Lord don't come today. I hope the Lord don't catch me here. I hope the Lord don't catch me doing this or doing that. You just never know. You need to be ready at all times. And the model Christian will be ready. 
The church of Thessalonica, as we read about it, was a model church. But you see, it was a model church because it was made up primarily of model Christians. The church is made up of people. The question to each of us is this today. Could you be referred to as a model Christian? Could you be referred to as a good example of what a Christian ought to be? If not, then you need to change some things in your life. God wants you to be a model Christian. He wants you to be a testimony for him. And he wants you to be ready for him to come when he comes. Let's bow our heads. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to talk to saved people for a minute here. You're saved, you know that. You know that you're on your way to heaven when you die. You've been born again, no question in your heart and mind. The question then to you is, are you a model Christian? If today you, you really believe and you, you, you could say before the Lord, I believe as best I, as best I know how, I'm being a model Christian. Would you slip your hand up? As best I know how, I'm striving to be a model Christian. Here's my hand. You can put it down. Many raised their hand, many couldn't. If you could not raise your hand, would you today ask the Lord to help you and make that decision that from now on, you want to live the life of a model Christian. You want to do the right things. You want to set the right example. You want to love his word like you should and enjoy it. You want to live with anticipation of his coming back for you. If God spoke to your heart today about your Christian life and you're saying, I have not been, but I want to become a model Christian, here's my hand. Would you hold it up high? Hold it up high. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. I want to be. I want to be a model Christian. I have not been. I'm admitting it to God, but here's my hand. Anyone else today, you can put it down. One more question, are you saved? Has there been a time in your life where you opened your heart to Jesus Christ and received him as your personal Savior? If not, would you come to him today? He loves you. He died for you, and he will save you. He's promised he won't turn anybody away. He'll save you if you'll come to him. Is there someone in this room today say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I want to be in need to be. God's speaking to my heart, and I want to come to Christ today. Here's my hand. Would you slip it up high? God's speaking to your heart. Listen, friend, if you die without Jesus, it's going to be eternal torment forever and ever and ever. It don't have to be. Would you come to Jesus today? Yes, preacher, that's me. Just hold up your hand. I won't call your name. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you. Anyone at all. Let's stand together.